It's time for the Cheap and Chad's Power Half Hour. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the best and only podcast that features our league of record. Chief, do you happen to have any Cracker Jack? <laughs> no Cracker Jack yet. No, uh, no, what about uh, peanuts? I'm, uh, I'm, no peanuts. Uh, I can get some if I want to. I'm actually in the press uh, meal right now. Ooh. For those, for those, for our listeners, that I'm at Target Field doing a little, uh, a little baseball writing tonight. kind of food do you get when you cover um, T-Wolf games? Um, I mean, they, they do put out like a decent spread, but it's like, it's not as good as the food they make here. The Twins actually have some of the best media food that I've had in any venue that I've, that I've covered uh, a game in my career, I would say. Gotcha. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a high bar. They put a lot of great objectives. The United Center has really good food in Chicago. Um, so that was always Okay, fair enough. Well, um, you know, maybe the future in the in the maybe you know, things will change in the future, and you'll be eating some better food if you're traveling to different places, right? Although the people have actually uh, this year they're upgrading their media service. I don't know why that is, but they are, and um, they're going to be offering beer and pizza. I think after every game, nice, which is very dangerous. So nice. See how that goes. All right, cool. All right, so you know, um, I know you don't have a lot of time because you're working tonight, and we could go over the matchups, but for the most part. You know, the matchups were they were what they were. We discussed them kind of um, ad nauseum um, over the weekend on Monday and Tuesday. So tonight I wanted to kind of change it up and talk about something different. Now that we've finished week two, right, we're going into week three, which last year, you know, we, we talked about um, going into week three about how we're basically going to be a quarter of the way through the season and how teams have started to emerge. And so we're getting to the point that I feel like this is a good topic to talk about, which is the concept of the sunk cost fallacy. And are you familiar with that? I was not. I see you texting me about it this morning. Okay. I heard of what I know what a sunk cost is. Okay. But I don't know what the sunk cost now is. Great. Okay. Please so explain. Let's talk about it. So imagine you had spent $500 for a ski weekend in Vermont. But soon after that, you found a better ski trip in New Hampshire for only $100. And you bought a ticket for that trip too. Except now it turns out that the two trips overlap and you can't refund or resell the ticket. Which one do you choose? The $500 good vacation or the $100 great one? What would you choose? I would choose the great one. The great one for $100. Well, in, in this case, that ski trip in Vermont, that $500 ski trip, is James Conner or Stefan Diggs. But that trip to New Hampshire, that trip to New Hampshire is Austin Eckler or Emmanuel Sanders, right? And so that's the sunk cost fallacy, that there's this notion that we've spent, um, we spent money on this player and this is a, a highly rated player. And so we have to go through with it, even if it means spending more money going forward that we'll be less happy about, right? That's the idea, is that once you've spent the money, you've spent it, you can't get it back. But we continue to have this bias that because we spent money on this player, and because this player you know, is a, is a great player, quote unquote, that we need to stick it out. They need to be the one that we start. They need to be one that we keep on our bench. 
They need to, or they keep on our team. They need to be the one that we, um, you know, expect to get a high tr- a trade price for if we're trying to move them or someone trying to get them from us. Um, that that's the idea behind the sunk cost fallacy. That because we've already spent money, because we've already invested in something, that we're not willing to let it go without a similar um, a similar cost to remove it from ourselves. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yes. Uh, how does it relate to our league? Well, it relates to our league in this way, is that we're now two weeks in, and granted, it's a small sample size. We've only have two weeks. So really, uh, you know, I'm, the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because it's something to start thinking about after the next two or three weeks, right? Because at that point, you're three or four games into the season. We're now a third of the way through the season, almost halfway. This is when the teams that have really emerged out front are going to start looking to consolidate, and they might be looking to trade one or two players for a, a bigger name player to try and, you know, get themselves... Uh, uh, playoff ready you have other teams that are just trying to get to the playoffs at all right and so the idea is that looking at your team and having an objective view of how your team is actually performing should help you actually perform better and make better decisions moving forward so to put that in context right let's talk about a player that's great right juju smith schuster phenomenal player right do you know right now on the year where he ranks in all in terms of all wide receivers what position? Thirty-eight. Uh, you're 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 close. Thirty-five. Oh wow! Yeah. Let's take let's take another player who people love. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks, right? A thousand yard receiver, three seasons in a row. Great player. Where does he rank right now? Forty-two. Dude, you nailed it on the head. Forty-two. Do you did you know that? Get out of here! I did not. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. Forty forty-two. Let's take somebody else. Um, let's take Adam Thielen, right? Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. commensurate, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Where is he been ranking? Thirty-one. He's thirty-three. You're you're pretty good at this game. Wow, I am. I'm really good. Keep him coming, Jim. Yeah. Okay. Go. Let's go with somebody else. Let's go, let's say John Brown. Fifteen. Close. Eighteen. 18. Okay. okay. Let's do uh, Devonte Adams. Uh, Thirteen. Thirty-eight. Oh, 38. Okay, well, I'm inspired. Uh, we couldn't even play well. Yeah, but see, that, that's the point. And again, it's small sample size. And as we get more weeks, but the point is, is that you need to start taking a realistic look. We're, we're too attached to people because of their names and not necessarily because of their production. And, and to be fair, if they've done it in the past, I can see some of the reasoning. But the opposite then becomes true, right? When you have players that are performing and outperforming, we you you have the opposite on call. So, a sunk fallacy cost because you're not willing to spend on them because they don't have a proven track record. But look at like OBJ in his, in his, in his first year, right? It took him a couple games and then he started to blow up, but you right. didn't really have that faith in him until basically that whole entire year. But if you, right. if you had known, because one of the things you're paying for is paying for the security that they're going to perform at these levels. That's part of the price. Correct. Security of, of, of a guarantee or near guarantee performance. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's why they cost because, you know, you, you've seen the tracker and you know that they're capable of producing consistently. So that's why the price goes up and why they're worth more in trees. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think really what it, for me, what it boils down to is that you have to be really vigilant about the fact that you're wired to value the players you have more than the players you don't have. Right. And I think everybody agrees with that, that our my players are always better than everybody else's players. And they're always worth more to me than they are to somebody else. Right. So 
you know, we yeah, all yeah. we all want to prove that our you know our carefully constructed roster, um, you know, the money we spent on our players was correct, right? Um, so far for me, you know, I was I really believed heavily in Calvin Ridley and Curtis Samuel this year, but you know, for all the talent that Curtis Samuel has, I couldn't have factored in the fact that. Um, you know, Cam Newton isn't throwing the ball downfield as much as he would need to because that's where really Curtis Samuel shines. And you saw in the Thursday game, like there was four or five balls that he threw that if he was even remotely accurate, Curtis Samuels would have caught him and been phenomenal. But you you can't account for all those factors. Um, You know, we we may be unwilling to trade away players for ones drafted, um, you know, later or for a lower price who are doing better. But we, we, you know, we, we assuredly value players we drafted higher than other owners will value them. And that all gets in the way of our ability to make trades or otherwise assess correctly the only thing which really matters, which is which player is likely to help my team going forward. Right, right. But I would say that not every situation, especially with some of the receivers that you mentioned, that every situation is created equal. Um, sure. Like, for instance, Devontae Adams. I feel much better about Devontae Adams ability to bounce back uh, because he's had two the Packers have had two very tough matchups right off the bat. Sure. Um, but as opposed to somebody like Juju. Like Juju I'm not as confident that we're gonna see him perform to the level that he performed last year because now first of all, you know, I think there's something to him being benefiting from Antonio Brown's presence last year. And B, now he's got a backup quarterback there also the year. So you know, not every not every one of those examples I think is, is there. And, and there's another thing. You know, two weeks is very tough to to kind of determine is what I'm seeing just two bad games, or is this going to be what this person is doing the rest of the year? Um, and, and so, for me, one of the things I've always tried to, you know, and I think this is true for anybody in any situation, whether it's a fantasy team, whether it's a the GM of a professional team, you don't want to sell at somebody's low points. Yeah. So if somebody hasn't performed well over two weeks, just cutting bait and bailing on them for, you know, pennies on the dollar right away is, I think, a bad move. You know, you should at least wait to see if they maybe get some better performances, get some better games, build their value back up a little bit before you attempt to maybe trade them. Even if you don't think that they're going to perform what you paid for them so again i think this is partly where the sunk fallacy aspect comes in is that you don't want to that concept of like you don't want to sell a low point but you don't know what's going to happen in the future so if you if you have a trend line of that player showing you that they're not performing to the level that you expect them to you know it's okay to sell at 60 60 cents on the dollar to get a player that you like that you think has better upside moving forward but we're we're so well, hardwired okay. to that me, that original value let me give you. Let me give you something. That, what would you pay for Juju right now? If you were, if you were talking to, if you were talking to Goop about a trade for Juju, what would you be willing to trade for Juju right now? Uh, you're talking. So you're talking about players, not necessarily, um, uh, uh, not not auction cost, right? Right, right. Give me, give me a trade. Give me what you would give up for Juju in a trade right now. Um, let's take a look. So let's pull up the team. What the hell is our team name? Okay. Did they change? Like, would you do? Do you value him? I guess put it this way: Do you value him as a top five receiver, as a top ten receiver, as a top fifteen, as a top twenty, top twenty-five? I think right now I value him as a top as a top ten. Top ten still. So, so even though he kind of fits your definition of some cost right now, 
you still value him as a top ten asset? Well, I would say I would say for me, he's in that seven to ten range, mm-hmm. right? Whereas preseason, I would have had him in the four to six range. So, but, so not much. The value hasn't changed. It's changed a little bit, but not a, not a it, It's. Lot. I mean, it, it it has in the sense that. I don't believe that he'll be. I, I don't believe that with Mason Rudolph throwing, um, he'll be anywhere near the level he will be. I still think that he can be relevant because he's basically the only receiver there to throw to. Um, but it's it's one of those things where he's no longer gonna. I don't believe that he will perform at the elite level that I would need him to. So I'm not gonna. But but the the thing to remember is that we're talking about now in reverse, right? It, that's how I value Juju, and I'd be curious to know how the rest of the league values Juju because I bet you if I told if I went to Gooper now and tried to trade for him, they wouldn't take that value of that seven to ten, right? They're going to say, well, no, he's still he's still a top you know top five top you know five six player. That's that that's the problem because it's not me about the, it's not me in the sun cost policy. Now it's them looking at the sun cost because they're the ones that have that player, right? So they're not going to trade him away for anything less than what they perceive his value to be. Correct. Nor, nor should they. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's, it's interesting. Now, now he's one example, but there, I think there are some other examples, um, like a, you know, like take Devonta Freeman for example. What do you do if you have Devonta Freeman right now? Uh, um, if you have Devonta Freeman, you try and. You try and uh, either move Freeman to the Edo Smith owner, or you or you try and get Edo Smith, so that way you lock up that backfield no matter what happens. I don't know that I would want to necessarily lock it up. Uh, it's not a very good backfield to have, but uh, but that's the thing where it's like, what is, what is Freeman going for? Twenty bucks, twenty twenty one, twenty two dollars, and even yeah. now he's performing lower than that value. Oh, much lower. So um, that's that seems to be more of a sunk cost. Than you know, that something like Juju is, for instance. Um, that that's you know that that I think is where some cost comes in. So it's like last year, like I paid like what was it, sixteen bucks or something like that for Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And after I saw his usage in the first two weeks, I was like, that, like that, that I just do that. I I wasted that money on Derrick Henry mm-hmm. because the way they're using him and his effectiveness is he, he doesn't deserve to be in the starting lineup, and you just have to. It sucks, and you had to move on quickly. But you know, and of course, then again, later in the season, he breaks out and continued that into this year. But um, you know, it, it, moving, I guess, moving on from somebody who you've invested a lot of money in is a very hard thing to do. But I think it's something like, to your point, you have to be able to do uh, if you're going to be successful. The, the guy who just picked up off waivers might be a better fit for this week than the guy who you drafted for 15 or 20 bucks, you know? Absolutely. I mean, let's talk about John Ross, right? I spent a ton of money on John Ross and Terry McLaurin because I went back and I watched the tape on both of those guys and I saw a lot of things that I liked and I realized, yeah, it was definitely risky to spend as much money as I did. But if one, I think we talked about this last week, maybe if one or both of those guys, especially if just one of them becomes like an every down, every week player. And even in my, at the very least my flex spot, then that was worth the money I spent. Where does John Ross? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know he's been doing well. Where do you believe he ranks right now in terms of wide receivers? Well, John Ross has got to be toward the top um, number seven. He's number one. He's number one. Yeah. Right. So, and and that's again the point, right? Emmanuel Sanders. Where do you think he is? He's 
number two. Four. Right? DJ Chark. DJ Chark is a two good week number six. Five, right? You're pretty close. Terry McLaurin, right? The other guy I picked up. Number eight. Nailed it. Eight. Right? He's actually tied for eight with um Odell Beckham and Keenan Allen. But the point is is that, you know, there are these players that if they keep performing their value is there. And I mean, hell, Demarcus Robinson did nothing the first week, but because of his second week, he's at number 16, right? Sammy Watkins, right. because of his first week and did nothing the second week, but because of his first week, he's but number I mean, two. I mean, you got to realize that we are talking about two weeks. We are. I, 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 yeah. Again, the, the reason we're talking about this now is because this is something that I want people to pay attention to as we get past week three and into week four, you really have to start evaluating where your team is realistically compared to the rest of the market, right? And if you really want to try and go after somebody, don't make offers for people um, that are unrealistic and don't accept offers that are unrealistic, but just evaluate them based on their merits alone, right? And that's the whole concept behind, you know, giving the stats for two players at a certain point in time, but not giving them names, right? Matthew Barry loves doing that. And he especially loves being like, oh, this player stats for player A, stats for player B, and A looks way better than B, but they actually are the same player, right? That kind of crap. That's what you right. really do is start to be objective with your analysis on the players that you're going after for targeting for the, the late round of the season, you know, the, the later part of the season. Yes. And that's, you know, it, you have to be able to, to respond. And that's part of the, the art of fantasy, knowing what's, what's the trend that's going to hold and what's the trend that's not going to hold and that's going to reverse. Yeah. And that's part of the, part of the fun. Okay. Cool. So yeah, so we'll keep it there. You know, we're keeping it a short, tight episode this week. Um, before we go, let's play a couple more uh, rounds wait, of this, we, if you want. We don't. We don't have. We don't have to go right away. Oh, you do have time. Okay, let's let's yeah. play. Let's play a, little, a couple more rounds. Um, Alvin Kamara. Uh, geez. Um, he had a decent week one, I think, and not as great as week two. Eighteen. Fourteen. He's tied for fourteenth. With Aaron Jones and uh, not, any other guesses at who the other th- person at fourteen is? Oh, geez, uh, Chris Carson. I don't know. Uh, Chris Carson's a little bit higher at twelve. Uh, Raheem Mostert yeah. is at fourteen. My guy, my guy, Raheem. Right. Right. Um, uh, Josh Jacobs. So I, I'm not sure how Josh Jacobs did last week. I think he did decently. He did okay. He had 99 yards well, on 12 carries. So I'll say number nine. Close. Seven. Yeah. Right? And then you have the number one, number two right now, Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook, both belonging to Gelch. And with the, that blows my mind that he's got the number one and number two running back, and he's 0-1-1. And, and it's very similar to the team he had last year. His running backs just killed it. And for some reason, he just kept losing. He could have been. Yeah. It's eerie how similar season's playing out. But, you know, objectively speaking, you would think that a team like his would turn around and if any, if any struggling team right now is due for you know progression to the mean it's his team mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. like I could see him ripping off a couple of wins in a row yeah totally could um, alright cool so I mean you know that, that was the main thing I want to talk about tonight let's talk about um, some of the matchups coming up uh, for this week you know it's a critical week three you have you know three you know uh, because of last because of the way the matchups worked out last week we've got three two and O's six one-on-ones, and three oh-and-twos. So everything's... No, no, we don't because we had the tie. Oh, we had the tie. Sorry, you're right. We had, we have, we've got four, four one-on-ones and 
one oh one two oh one ones and then two yep, oh two. Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, you know, it, it's it, there's a lot to like about the matchups this week. Um, basically, uh, with the exception of um, Beanpole uh, and uh, Mike, who are both two and zero, there's no single matchup that's um, matched. Right? I'm two and zero. I'm facing off one and one. You have a lot of one and ones. You have a lot, couple of own one and ones and own twos. So really, we're going to start to see a further stratification of the teams because of the way things are done this week. Um, you know, after this week, we're going to be down to just two potentially, maybe even one. Could be a lot of teams with two and one after this week. Yeah, exactly. Depending on how depending how how things stack up. Yeah. Could be several two and one teams actually. Um, I mean, I think the most interesting matchup for me this week is I want to see uh, Goop and Jake. Um, Josh Allen, if people will believe this or not, is like the number three quarterback right now, going yeah. back to like week eight of last season when he came back. No, he was yeah, he was great in the second half of last year, and so he's been killing that over into this year. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, uh, Goop and Trooper picked up. Teddy Bridgewater, I expect them to play Russell Wilson. Um, I, I think we need to see from them a big – we need one of those, like, Julio Jones takeover games. Um, in, in my mind, I got, you got to see that game. And, again, they're playing indoors. Um, and, of course, I'm getting a freaking ad. I fucking hate ESPN. Um, <laughs> they're playing indoors at Indy, Indy who does not have the best uh, defensive backfield. So it could be a nice feast game for Julio Jones and or um, Calvin Ridley. Um, I just – you know, I, I don't, I don't I, looking at the paper, they should win, but Jake is the one that's projected to win. And you know, I like, I like Jake's team slightly better in this matchup because I like his running backs better than each running back. But. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. But I mean, Michelle did really well last week playing the Dolphins should have another similar game against the Jets. Um, you know, I think Duke Johnson that Carlos Hyde trade really um, sunk a lot of his, uh, which I can't remember. Did we draft before or after that? We drafted. Um, we drafted before Hyde got uh, got to Houston. Okay, so that makes sense. So I mean, he, he's not. But, been... that was, but that was that was part of the risk of Duke Johnson was okay. The Texans could might not or they might not be done looking for another running back. They could pick somebody up. So Duke Johnson, yeah, he he was the only guy at. The Time, but is he really worth it? And is he going to be the only guy throughout the duration of the season? And so far, that the answer has turned out to be no. Yeah. Uh, so Carlos Hyde has been getting almost all of the the run work. He had twenty carries. Carlos Hyde had twenty carries last week. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not involved in the passing. Basically, Carlos Hyde is doing what Lamar Miller was projected to be doing in this offense when Duke <laughs> Johnson was there. So that it's basically. No difference. Like Carlos Hyde is a touchdown dependent flex play. Actually. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and Duke Johnson's value is just created as a result. Yeah, that's fair. Um, speaking of flex, they you know they still have uh, Deshaun Jackson in their flex. I assume they'll sub him out. Looking at their lineup, I have to assume they're going to float in David Montgomery. Um, you know he he you know yeah after that weird yeah. week one um you know last week they just gave him almost all the touches so I, I have to assume it's the David Montgomery show moving forward um yep I just noticed Jake still Jake still has Darius Geis on his 
bench. Isn't Geist out for the year? I don't know if he's out for the year. If he's just out for several weeks, and he might come back. Hmm. I don't think he's out for the year. I could be wrong. Okay, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought he was out for the year. If not, if, if he is, I mean, you should look into that, Jake, and maybe change your team. Although, I doubt Jake listens to this podcast. Joe will have to well, let Jake, us know in Jake, chat. Well Jake, well, Jake did pick up Nelson. He's the guy that picked up Nelson as well, so it's not like he's a he's a delinquent owner and not making moves. I mean, he's sure. making moves, so maybe, so then maybe that does mean that guy can potentially come back at this point. But you're right, yeah, but, this, is, this, this is a close matchup, I think, so either way. Yeah. I mean, but even then, do you want to? I mean, if he if he's he, he's right now, it says he's on IR, which means he's not eligible to return until week eight or nine. So you want to roster him for another six weeks? Oh, that's 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 Jake's decision. That's Jake's decision. That's fine. Um, you know, I really hope that Rachel kicks Gelch's butt. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just he's got the number one, two, and number one and two running back. Um, yeah, hard for me to see that. Um, I like Gelch's team to, to bounce back and probably get a win column. But not out of their own possibility. I, I hope that, I don't know what Rachel can do about her situation with uh, Freeman. I guess you, you could maybe move Ingram up into the, the number two running back spot and try to fill in that flex with somebody else. But Yeah, that's what I would team. do. Well, Chris, she's got Chris Thompson. That seems like a perfect kind of flex, flex player to just yeah, I, I agree. I and and speaking of which, I mean, I, I'm assuming that Gelsh has not set his lineup yet because for some reason he still is James Washington in his lineup and not DJ Tark. Um, and after, you know, after we just well, discussed. Gelsh, Gelsh, can't, Gelsh can't help himself with the second hit for wide receiver. So, yeah, that's that's like like white Patriot pass catching. He can't help himself with some things. And, and I guess one of those is. It's the second uh, Pittsburgh pass catcher. Uh, DJ Chark has been uh, excellent for the first two weeks. Yeah, and we just talked about it, right? He's number five or whatever it was, four, and you know he, you know yep. him, and then also Michael Hardman he's showed got, up last week. A, right, he's got a decision to make on that front because uh, Chark plays on Thursday, so you know we'll see what he decides ultimately. Yep, yep, yep. And reminder to Gelch, if you do decide to f- uh, flow in Chark um, for the matchup. Then you should put him into your wide receiver spot, not your flex. You should always play your early games. The earlier the games are, they should be in your main starters, and then the flex should always be the the later games. That should always pro tip. Pro tip. I think yeah, I think he knows that, but uh, he's going to be playing three running backs anyway. It looks like so. I think he's okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see what other what other matchups we got going on this week. Please load. Um. Let's see. So you're going up yeah. against Cat. Uh huh. I am. Hmm. Now, what's interesting is, you know, uh, Cam Newton's been walking around in a boot. It's still very unclear if he's going to play this week. Um, you know, I he's think been walking around in a boot. Cam Newton. Okay. And so I'm curious to see what McCaffrey's usage will be. You know, one of the reasons why McCaffrey destroyed last year, and the, one of the reasons why he destroyed in Week One was because Cam could no longer throw the uh, as many he, he wasn't throwing as many deep balls because of his shoulder. And so he was just throwing a ton of dump off short, you know, passes and that's where McCaffrey really feasted. Now, you know, obviously I had assumed that over the off season his shoulder got better. Uh clearly that's not been the case. Um and now he's also got this foot issue. So, you know, are you, are they going to hand off 
Um, you know, should they give McCaffrey the number of touches that he deserves? I don't know what he got last Thursday in that game. Um, obviously, I lucked out um, with McCaffrey only getting like five points, but he should be touching the ball 20 to 25 games, 20 to 25 times a game minimum. And if he just wasn't very effective. I think that some credit to the Tampa Bay defense, which looked halfway decent. Um, looked halfway decent to two weeks. Um, so they did a good job of limiting everybody. Yeah, I just want to I'm trying to take a look and pull up his. I want to see what his stats were for the past two weeks. So far, he's got 35 attempts on 165, uh, 165 rushing yards, but that's not his receptions as well. I want to see full. What are his full stats? Man, he's been sucks this year. Anyway, Kat, Kat, Kat's going to beat me this week because she's got the Dallas defense playing uh, stall. So yeah, that could that could work out that's, well. That's an automatic 30 points right there. For are you going to swap out the Bucks defense playing your Saquon Barkley? No, why would I do that? Because you're basically saying, like, oh, if Saquon scores, your your Bucks go down. If they stop him, he doesn't so, score. Like, you're, so what? you're, what? you're limiting it's, your it's, ceiling. It's, it's, but it's one player. If I think the defense is going to do good, if Saquon's going to do good, why should that matter? But it's Daniel Jones' first de- game. A defense, a de- right, exactly. Right, Daniel Jones' first game, so that's why I have to get to be a defense. Right. But Saquon could still do well, and so could the Tampa Bay defense. I see. Okay, like, all right. One, I'm, I'm, I don't think like it comes to, to defense. Hmm. I think I think, I think you, you cheat yourself out of potentially defense if you do that. If Daniel Jones throws a pick six, that doesn't affect Saquon. Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I try not to think that way. Okay, pro tip. <laughs> um, um, but overall, uh, I think Cat would be the slight favorite like, over me. Um, uh, just because I think her team is a little more explosive than mine, but uh, but we'll see. I think I think it'll, I think it'll be close. She's still rolling OJ Howard out there though. Yeah, that's that's interesting that she didn't try to make any moves on that front. Uh, we'll see. I expect her to sub in Frank Gore for Kenyon Drake at some point. But who knows, maybe she sees something in Kenyon Drake that I don't. So, we'll see. I doubt that very much. Over to uh, see who else we got here. Uh, you versus Johnny. Uh, I like you to, to take this down. One thing I want to say about, I think, uh, uh, Johnny's team is Beckham was that if, I'm, if I own Beckham right now, I think I would be selling high. I know he had the, I know he had the eighty-nine yard touchdown the other night or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. week week one, Ian Baker struggled to have a have a connection, and then in that game the other night, Beckham really wasn't doing that well. The eighty-nine yard touchdown basically, you know, made his night, kind of saved his night. Yeah, and even that, that had, was only like I, a, I, that was like a ten-yard pass that he just beat the coverage. Right. Right, and it was it was just it was more stupid Jets defense than it was anything in the ground. Yeah, um, I would be looking to maybe try and sell Beckham. Somebody wanted to give me a, a King's ransom for it. That's just that's just me. I don't have Beckham in any of my leagues, so I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. But just the way just the way the first two weeks have gone with having a I own Beckham. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I. I... I feel like it just it's still too early, right? We're we're two games into the 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 two of them working together. Presumably they're going to be working together for a while. I just I don't, you know, I I don't know what his targets were, but I have to imagine that he had I think it's a healthy number of targets. I mean, don't get me wrong, like he's still going to be a decent receiver, probably number one receiver. I just don't think he's going to 
be the number one receiver that some people thought he was going to be, like fantasy's number one receiver coming into the year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, take a look at the stats. Okay, so. right. I, I think your team is more well-rounded. I think uh, you're in better position here to uh, take this one, especially with Lamar Jackson just going balls to the wall. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to this game against the Chiefs because it should oh, be should a be high, should be a high scoring watch, affair. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Beckham had ten targets. That wasn't too bad. No, like I said, I, he's not going to be a complete bust, but I just don't think he's going to be the number one fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's hard because I, I don't want to talk. You know, I don't I don't want to talk up or down my team. Or up or down, you know, in terms of my matchup with Johnny, I, I obviously I like my chances, but you know, it, it's any given Sunday. So far, I've been very fortunate in that my scoring, you know, I've scored very well the first two weeks, but my scoring has come from different places. Um, with the exception of Lamar Jackson, good, I've had different players scoring. Yeah, so I, I I like where my team's at, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not want. even pursuing a trade. So right. uh, let's move on to the uh, the bean pole matchup, and this one. Mike, you know, despite not liking his team out of the draft, he's two and zero. Um, you know, interesting uh, that, that that he still pulled that off. Um, but I, I still think he's running into the buzzsaw that is Jeremy Houston's team right now. Joe still his running backs uh, still leave a lot to be desired, but um, the rest of his team though is a plus. Yeah. So, now, is it, is there something to be said for the fact that? Um, you know the myself, so I'm I'm fourth in terms of points scored against. Mike is number one at 167, right? So an average of 83 points a game, and Joe is facing at 176. So he's. Well, at, I mean, you have, so, you have to take that with you have to take that with a grain of salt, because week one was the was the Johnny Jamboree. So points against stats are are a little skewed yeah, because. Yeah. Of, because of Joe having to manipulate who was playing who right, right, to get right. the win. So I don't think you can really read into those too much. Yeah, okay. That's true. Yeah, okay. Well, then I can look at at least points four. And I look at that, okay. you know, Mike's number four there, right? Two, he's over 200. Yeah. So he's he's healthily where he needs to be. Um, and obviously Joe is just wrecking it at 269. Um, he might be on, he might be able to set the scoring paces here if he keeps this up. The score yeah, record. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how much he can keep this up having as weak of running backs as he does, or you know perceived to be as weak of running backs as he does. Yeah. Um, but his receivers and, and Andrews, I'm surprised that Andrews has had the year that he's had so far because I was I heard a lot of I mean he he was kind of on the radar for some folks you know as like a low cost sleepers tight end. Yeah. Um, others others were really poo pooing it because they didn't like his snap usage and. He wasn't a blocking tight end, so he wasn't on the field all the time. But man, for two weeks, is he the number one tight end for two weeks? Uh, I can pull up real quick, but I bet he is. Um, let's take a look here. So, tight ends, uh, all scoring tight ends. Uh, yes, he is. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yep. Number. Yep. He's at he's at forty one points. So he's averaging twenty points a game. Ingram is next at thirty. Okay. And Kelsey's at so, thirty. So Yeah, so I do wonder how much how much Andrew's going to be is going to be able to keep this up. Maybe through this week because of the 
shootout in Kansas City, but as the season goes on, well, I, 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 I would like to see it more long-term. Yeah, I mean, look, all it takes is a bad Lamar Jackson passing game, and he's nothing, right? Right, so, right. Um, very true. You know, what? what's what's cool is I'm looking at the, the records here. Mike is 2-0 and at home, but he's away this week. Oh. So maybe that'll factor in a little bit. Um, See if Mike can travel well. Yeah, Mike. will get to him. Well, if, if Joe can travel well. Mike's Mike's the one who's home. Oh, Mike's still at home at least. Oh, Sorry, sorry maybe I misspoke. Yeah, yeah Joe, Joe is 2-0 and at home, but he's traveling at Mike this week. Mike, yeah. Mike and me are both one and zero home and away. Um, so yeah, gotcha. so just interesting tidbit. We'll see if that affects things at all. And I think the only match that we haven't discussed is Tim and Joe. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, Joe obviously joined me at the bottom of the standings, zero and two. Tim, a one and one. So uh, you know. Somebody's going to whip themselves out of the cellar here a little bit. Um, looking over the matchup here, I guess. I look, at, I look at Joe's receivers and it's just not pretty. Um, I thought my receivers were bad, but his are worse. Um, I guess I'll give Tim the slight edge, but it's close. Tim's got the edge in terms of high side, right? Brandon Cook's Although, high side. Stefan Diggs, high side. Will Fuller, high side. If two of those three go off... Yeah. Then he's probably got it locked up, but I mean, Fournette could have a you know 120 yard three touchdown day, you know two two touchdown day or something like that. Well, I mean, when Tennessee played the Browns a couple weeks ago, they locked down Chubb, and uh, they did. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But obviously, he's got Tim's got Dak going against Miami. So I mean, I you if you don't start every player that's going against Miami this year, you're at least up till now no evidence has been given otherwise. And then they just traded. Their number one cornerback to the Steelers. And yep. there's no Michael Gallup this week. So Amari Cooper is going to feast. I can't imagine that he's not going to have, like, I, I will not be surprised if Amari Cooper has a, like a 10 catch, 200, 200 yard, two touchdown type of game. I'm, I will not be surprised in the slightest. <laughs> I think they're going to run, they're going to wreck the Dolphins. It almost isn't fair. Like, yeah. that, that, that the Dolphins are this bad. Yeah. Um, I, I get, I, Joe is predicted to win. I give the, I give this person, I give the slight edge to Tim. Yeah, I give that to Tim out. too. I don't think, I, I hate Landry. I mean, his, his lineup's not bad. I hate Landry. Williams, I don't think has done anything to show you that he's worthy of a starting oh. spot. Oh, um, so I think he, he's playing her. He's probably, yeah, he's probably playing her, but he doesn't have anybody else, and that's the problem. I mean, I, honestly, yeah. though, I, I it, it, Joe, if I'm you, I would consider AJ Brown over. Well, I mean, I mean, I would consider Randall Cobb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely should consider Randall Cobb. Yep. Dallas receiver, no Gallup against Miami. Yep. Hundred percent. Randall Cobb could be a strong player. That's a that's a free money. That's a free money kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, you know, it it this will be a close matchup. I mean, I think I I think I still give it. I think I still give it to Tim. Just because of Dak, I think I you know and that whole, but. Yeah, I mean, Joe. If anything, you should you should play you should be playing Cobb to equalize the matchup. The fact that da- he's got Dak, right? Because if Dak throws a touchdown to Randall, you're good. So you might as well try and capture that. I mean, that's a good opportunity for you. I, I would definitely say that. Yeah. 
All right. All right, cool. We got it. We'll call it there. All right. I'm off to watch Master Chef. That's one of the people that we know is in the the finals, uh, the final final three. So it'll be cool to All see right. if she wins. If she wins, she wins like two hundred fifty grand. So that'd be great for her. Oh wow. Yeah, we we know her indirectly. We went to high school with uh, the person that she's married to, which is a um, you know a big a big family that was in our high school. It was there was two twins. Um, there was a set of twins that we in our same grade. The guy that she's married to was in the grade or two above us. Um, so you know we all know that family. So uh, rooting for them. All right, awesome. All right, thanks Good everyone. See you all next right. time on the Chief and Chaz Power Half Bye. Hour.